Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. An Erio's original. I'm Leslie Arfin, and this is my show, Filling the Void, a show where I get to know my friends better by talking to them about the things that bring them pure joy, also known as their hobbies. Today, our guest is one of my oldest friends, Bobby. Bobby is a professor of psychology, and he is just one of the funniest, smartest, best dudes in the whole wide world. Today, he's talking about his hobby, Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie novels, not necessarily her, but her books. So whether or not you've read Agatha Christie or like Agatha Christie, I've only read like one or two of her books. And I love this episode. Bobby. Can I call you Boopsy? <laughs> I guess not. I'd love it. Now, I know you're a man of many hobbies, but today, mm. what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Agatha Christie. Is that a hobby? Yeah. Well, yeah. especially because of how deep you're into Agatha Christie. Correct me if I'm wrong, which I probably am. Uh-huh. You're writing a paper about how Agatha Christie was the pioneer of criminal profiling so that you can go to a convention in the UK for free and go to an Agatha Christie convention at the same time. That's my hope. That's I'm trying to... Um, gangster. There's an there's a international Agatha Christie conference. And it's like half... Um, they do like murder mystery parties. <laughs> and I think there's also an opportunity to go like roller skating on the English <laughs> like Riviera. Wait, would you roller skate? Of course. Like, yeah, right. Absolutely. I would absolutely roller skate. Would you do the murder mystery? You would. You would oh, do that. Ab- I would do all of that. Yeah. I would I want to do all of that. But then it's also half um like academic papers on Agatha Christie. And there's there's a ton. There's so much academic deconstructing of Agatha Christie. Really? So so much. Why? Well, I think there's a lot of academic deconstructing of everything. Right. Like, you know, like it's that's it's, like what you guys have to do. Well, it's not what I do. This is definitely like a pretty significant leap from what I normally do. Nothing I do at work is really related to like any interest that I have outside of work, you know? Right. So this would be like the first time I'm writing something for the sole purpose of like it connecting with a hobby or something I'm interested in. So that's kind of fun. Have you started writing it already? No, what I've started doing is so I had to. 
I basically got PDFs of every Agatha Christie book. And I've just been doing like, uh, basically just like searching for examples of what I'm trying to get at. And mm-hmm. then it's called, it's called like coding. I'm basically like coding for themes. I love related that. To like, yeah, related to like what my idea is. Wait, like, I, I actually love that. I didn't know that that was called coding. We call it like it's qualitative research where you mm-hmm. kind of read through, you know, kind of endless amounts of information and it's called coding for themes. So like mm. if something comes up repeatedly, um, like over and over again, it's considered a theme. And then you mm. try to kind of draw some theory from the themes. Again, this is not the most scientific way to, to do things. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of working backwards because I already kind of have my idea. And right. I'm really just like looking for examples to demonstrate my idea. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So you, so when I was like, I want to start reading Agatha Christie, you gave me a spreadsheet you had made. Will you describe the spreadsheet? Yeah. There are, I think like 65 or 66 Agatha Christie books that are mysteries. There are a couple of like thrillers thrown in and Mm -hmm. the thrillers generally aren't very good. Uh, And I've read, I think like 59 of the 65 or something like that. I think I only have six left to read. Um, What's stopping you? Honestly, just savoring it. Totally. Like not That's wanting to thinking. run out. Yeah, yeah. I've I've really slowed down um, because you know how devastating it's going to be when, yeah. <laughs> when, I fin- when I finish the last one, it's going to be so sad. So um, I've slowed down quite a bit. Also, it kind of sucks, but like I think with two exceptions, m- the other ones I have left, I, I'm pretty certain are really bad. Um, really? Because they're, they're, the thrillers are usually bad. And then the other thing that's really devastating, and this is true and this has been documented, is like she definitely had dementia at the end of her life. Mm. But she was such a prolific writer and such a successful writer that you can't you, stop you, her. You can't stop her. Yeah. The last, the last couple of books, by all accounts, are a complete mess because she was like mm. literally like dealing with like dementia. So. Uh, so there's only a couple of books left that I haven't read that I, I'm excited to read. Like um, which ones? Um, there's one called The Pale Horse that's supposed to be really good uh-huh. that I've never read. Um, and then there's one, I think it's called it Bertram's Hotel. <laughs> 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 I think that's what it's called. Um, I, I, think that's, um, I think that one's supposed to be decent. Oh, and uh, Towards Zero. There's one called Towards Zero that I've never read. But How, um, What got you into Agatha Christie in the first place? I picked up Death, at a, Death on the Nile at like a used bookstore when I was a senior in high school and I read it and I loved it. Yeah. But like I mean, you weren't going strong ever since then. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I really? mean, that was I mean, that was over. That's a, you know, yeah, a long, long time, time ago. ago. But I don't even remember you talking about that. And we've been friends for that long. Yeah. Pretty early on, I started like spreading them out. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and I still I still do that. And then um, I also probably took like five or ten year gaps from reading her, like mm. where I would just like take a little bit of a break. And then usually when I start up again, I get all stoked again. And I I read like a bunch in a row. Like to this day, what I normally do is I'll read like two or three like genre paperbacks like Agatha Christie because mm-hmm. they only take a few days. Mm-hmm. Then I'll read something substantial and then I mix in some smaller, easier paperbacks. Totally. So. So that that spreadsheet, I basically listed every book that she's written. Yeah. Um, I divided them based on who the detective, (laughs) which is that's I mean, everybody who's like an Agatha Christie person does that, like who the detective is. There's Miss Marples. (laughs) What's her name? Miss Marbles. Miss Marple. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Marbles. And Pierrot. 
Yeah, Hercule Poirot. Yeah. Poirot? I don't do it the right way. I don't know. Poirot. You have to get it right when you go to this convention. He's he's Belgian. What does Miss Marple look like? Miss Marple looks like... Angela uh, Lansbury. Yes. A cross between Agatha Christie... And Who looks like Angela Lansbury. Angela, yeah. All three of them are like, they're, they're a composite. Okay. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So there's those two. And then... They're really the only... They're the big ones. Right. There's, um, there's Tommy and Tuppence, mm-hmm. who are a young um, um, married couple. I don't really like the Tommy and Tuppence books. They, mm-hmm. They're more in the like adventure kind of category. And then there are a couple. There's like Colonel Race and... Um, uh, Lieutenant Battle, but they're only they only show up in a couple of books. I see. So other than like Poirot and Marple, the important ones to know are like what I call again. I'm sure other people, <laughs> I'm sure other people call them this too. I didn't coin the term, but um, like the standalones, so right. books that are like that are um, don't have like a major character. She would she generally like alternated more or less between like a regular detective and then a um, like a standalone book. She would like kind of mix right. them up. So what is your favorite of the Miss Marbles? Miss Marple. My favorite, my favorite Marple books are, I would say A Murder is Announced is great. It's, mm-hmm. a, really, it's a really fun one, like mm-hmm. good puzzle mystery. Um, not, it's, it's pretty light, um, good twist. And I love Pocket Full of Rye too, which is a Miss Marple. Um, has like one of the title. more, yeah. I mean, she, she kind of like kind of overdid the um, nursery rhyme yeah. um, titles. Like uh, Pocket Full of Rye has nothing to do with that. Pocket Full of Rye is good. It has a good, um, the ending's awesome. Like okay. a good, like, like a little little stab at the end of the book. It's really, love it. um, yeah. And then what is your favorite Poirot? Oh, why can man. I say it? Po- Poirot. Say- Poirot. So Death on the Nile is great. Um, I love Death on the Nile. That's the first one that I read. That's what I read, um, right? Oh, you no, read no, no. Murder of Roger Ackroyd. Yeah. Uh, Five Little Pigs is really good. Mm-hmm. Also a nursery rhyme title. Lord Edgeware Dies is a really good one. Mm. Yeah. Sick title. <laughs> I think the titles are uh, Peril at End House, which is also a good title. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good one. Um, yeah. I, gener- I like his, his books a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, when I read about people who talk about Agatha Christie or listen to Agatha Christie podcasts, it does seem like people like one or the other a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a little bit more of a, of a Poirot guy. And what is your favorite standalone? Um, well, I don't love a lot of the, like the go-to classics right. as much. Um, and then There When None, though, is like undeniably great. Like that's, it's probably her most famous book. And that's a standalone and it's incredible. Um, okay. And then there's one called Crooked House, which is fantastic. Really mm. dark, uh, pretty disturbing. Ooh, maybe I should read that one. Yeah, Crooked House is really good. It's messed up and it has a good, yeah, it's good. So I had read The Murder of Roger Ackroyd and I, to be honest, like I want to be as into these books as you are because, (laughs) oh, just what fun. You know, I feel that way about Stephen King and read every Stephen King book and I think you do too. But like, I would love to to have somebody else like that. And Agatha Christie has so many books. It was really kind of boring. And then, well, I kind of had guessed that ending only because I knew it couldn't have been anybody else. Mm-hmm. And your takeaway was really, it kind of made me understand why you loved it a little bit more. And I don't want to like give any spoilers right, right. away, but at the same time, I guess I wanted to hear you talk about why 
that book is like so important or like so yeah. was so groundbreaking. Yeah. Well, I I'll also say first, like, I don't know if she is for everybody, just mm-hmm. in terms of like, I am obsessed with like whodunits and mysteries. Yeah. Like, I do think she's a good writer and I think she writes good prose and I think she develops her character as well. But even if she didn't, I, I don't know. Ever since I was a little kid, my head has been sort of obsessed with like solving mysteries and solving puzzles. Her mysteries and, like, are really good. Her mysteries are her mysteries are incredible. Yeah, like she did it over sixty times, and like there's a book about her called like the uh, Talent to Deceive, mm-hmm. and it's about like how often she was able to trip up readers over and over and over again. Sometimes by doing the same thing, and like thinking right. she wasn't going to do it again, but then she kind of does it again, but does it in a slightly different way. So like, like she had, she had tricks that she would she use. She had it unbelievable. And the other thing about her, uh, and I, I have gone back, I read the, the murder of Roger Ackroyd twice. I, I read death on the Nile twice. The, the, the thing that everybody says about her. And I, I think I agree is that like, she always plays fairly. Like there's mm-hmm. no, there's no like deus at machina at the end where mm-hmm. like something shows up that shouldn't be there. Totally. If, like if you reread the murder of Roger Ackroyd, like the twist that she pulls, she's backs all of it up. Like right. and there's something about, uh, I don't know, to me, there's something about like dropping a hint on page 20 and then dropping a hint on page 70 and then dropping a hint on page 115 right? and like having to pay attention to them and how they all loop up. Um, I see. So, yeah. Had I not know, seen that trick from the, right. mur- the, the murder yeah. Roger Ackroyd before, I probably, I, I wouldn't have guessed it and I would have been like, holy shit, but I also yeah. wouldn't have picked up on those things early on. And I think the thing about that book in particular, and it, I guess it's kind of hard to talk about it without giving away, giving it away. This is kind of giving it away. But think about how that book ends mm-hmm. and think about, this is like a funny comparison. Think about The Usual Suspects. Yeah. Remember how blown away everybody was at the end of The Usual Suspects? Yeah. It's the exact same trick, right? right? Like, and yeah. it was, you know, almost a hundred years earlier. Yeah. Um, that, so when, this is- Mind-blowing. This is kind of, it kind of is. Like, and so when she wrote that, this is entirely true. She was in like a detective writer's club mm-hmm. and they they temporarily kicked her out of the club because of how like provocative and groundbreaking the ending of that was. What? Yeah. And they said, she was You're too not... good for the club? She was too, literally, in my opinion, way too good. Right. Like they, they basically said, you're not playing by the rules. And then people <gasps> went back and read the book and they were like, she did this. And I don't... Mm. I'm not enough of a scholar to say mm-hmm. this with, with certainty because I don't know if she invented it. But, like, I don't know if there's a, a better earlier example of, like, the unreliable narrator, mm-hmm. like, which is obviously, like, such a thing in literature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's something – think of, like, Gone Girl and, like, the, the – Totally. Like, I, I don't think that would be as big of a deal, like, in 2022. But in, like, the early 1900s to have a narrator doing that, mm-hmm. it just kind of, like – I, yeah, it's major. Again, like I That's, think about like seeing the usual suspects and on the yeah. car ride home being like, "Oh, what?" Oh, like yeah. being blown away. Imagine like 1926 <laughs> reading amazing. like reading that book and being like, "Whoa!" Like I can't believe she. So, do you feel the, that way after you read all of her books, or or most of them your favorite ones? Are yeah. you like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. The other thing she does a lot is there'll be like a false ending. Uh huh. So like, with seven pages left. Yeah. You think you got it right when, like, she announces who the murderer is, and then she pulls the rug out a second time, and then it's like, there's like a second sort of yeah. reveal. So the other thing that she did, and I, I think she did this intentionally, is like, 
she would put out two or three books in a row that were great and had like surprise endings and um, but they were relatively straightforward where there were like eight suspects and you had to kind of figure out who it was and mm-hmm. um, all the clues were there and then she would have a reveal. But like a lot of her most famous books, like The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, Murder on the Orient Express, The ABC Murders, it's sort of this ironic thing where the books that are the, probably the most well-known are the ones that have the most over-the-top endings. I think I can spoil like Murder on the Orient Express. Like the, yeah, yeah. the ending in that is that they, they're all the murderers. Right. You know, which is like, that's pretty sick, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's and, fucking awesome. I love you know? that movie. So she would kind of lay out a few kind of straightforward endings that were mm-hmm. still good, but like, and then she'd have something like that. ABC Murders, again, so early, was like a serial killer who wasn't really a serial killer. Mm. Like, she did that really early, and that had kind of a, an unusual ending. She was really good at maybe like every four or five books really subverting the genre and it would always kind of keep you on your toes (laughs) (laughs) hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wait, why do you think that she invented criminal profiling like does poirot do that yeah there are two types of criminal profiling like Mm -hmm. inductive and deductive criminal profiling the inductive model is kind of like the classic like fbi profiling approach miss marple more or less uses an inductive approach Mm -hmm. where she tries to identify who a likely suspect would be um, based on characteristics of other people that she's known. Right. So that's the whole thing with Miss Marple. She's an old spinster who lives in a little English village, uh-huh. but she's always paying close attention to everybody. Yeah. And by paying close attention to everybody, she kind of understands human psychology. And then she right. applies it when she solves I crimes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. The original FBI model, they basically spent years interviewing serial killers to figure out like who is the type of person the most likely to commit this type of crime. Right. And all it does is kind of narrow down the field of suspects, right? Right, because you um, said it's junk science. It's that's the other thing is like criminal profiling is is not good science. And right. like it's um been like uh, propped up a lot over the years um by the FBI and by mm-hmm. the kind of the original people who created it. And I think it's kind of continued to be propped up in like movies and TV as something mm-hmm. that it's super interesting. Right. And when it works it's fascinating, but it's not it's not actually that helpful. Right. Um, there's a little bit more of like a, a more modern approach to criminal profiling called deductive criminal profiling, which argues that you have to take like every case on a case by case basis mm-hmm. to not make assumptions, to avoid tunnel vision, etc. And that's like pretty much what Poirot does. 
Mm-hmm. So you've got mm. like two, two different that. detectives, each using a different type of profiling. So profiling has kind of sustained its reputation, even though the science behind it is pretty, pretty lousy. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it's rarely effective in actually helping to solve cases. Mm-hmm. But I think profiling is popular because it's such a good way to weave a story. Yeah. Like if, if you read the Mindhunter book, there's, yeah. a, there's a chapter in Mindhunter called The Killer Will Have a Speech Impediment mm-hmm. about like a serial killer. And basically like John Douglas was like, when this guy is caught, he's going to have a speech impediment. Wow. And then he, and he was caught and he had a speech impediment. And people were like, holy shit. Right. Like, okay. Which is awesome. Yeah. But that's not why they caught him. Right. right? <laughs> like it had nothing to do with catching him. Right. And... Um, obviously he's going to put that story in the book right? <laughs> and not, not the dozens of times that they made predictions that like led to absolutely nothing. Totally. Yeah. So we like storytelling yes. and we like like kind of a retrospective narrative of how things went. Yeah. So I think not only did Agatha Christie kind of set the stage for profiling uh-huh. um, because they actually, uh, Robert Ressler and John Douglas quoted her in no an way. early FBI paper. Yeah. So not only did she set the stage for it, I think like our obsession with storytelling and like having the right answer, I think that that's what's perpetuated criminal profiling, even though the science behind it is pretty wonky um, and, and it's not a helpful way to actually solve crimes. Well, my favorite part of like Death on the Nile, like when she goes back and retells it, putting the puzzle pieces in. Mm-hmm. And it's so exciting. It's so satisfying. To yeah, it really like, is. Because it's, so... it sh- it's not, it all checks out. It, like, yeah, I think that's a good example of like the, the ending in that and the mystery. It's pretty straightforward. Like it's pretty, it's like, and in retrospect, it's like, oh, that makes sense. But right. she does but, such a good job. And all the timing, it all worked out. Like it, the timing of it. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's to think that she did that once a year for like 60 years in a row. So fucking awesome. <laughs> and and like just kept doing it over and over again. It's so, I think she is a lot like Stephen King in that like really prolific, mm-hmm. incredibly popular, like a genre writer who like because they're good and popular, they don't get maybe the respect from like literary snobs in terms of like just how good they are. Right. It's I like they're that, not tortured. They're clearly like yeah, loving what they do. Totally. Which and it's is like, also very... I think that people don't give them credit, especially critics, because they're envious. I don't know. It, you know, sometimes if you read something that's like beautifully written, you're like, holy shit, how'd they yes. pull this off? Yeah. And then with her, it's just the the fact that she pulls off the mystery almost every time. I'm like, how did she? I'm so fascinated by a brain that can. Um, totally. A I brain mean, that can do that. Maybe her writing style isn't exactly for me maybe it's like a little bit dated but like so is is. Stephen yeah. King now also the books that I read probably aren't as like hard like we love a lot of the same books but some of them you've read like more difficult books that I'm like eh sounds boring <laughs> like Lonesome Dove <laughs> Lonesome Dove so <laughs> it's, that, it's long but it's not difficult it's pretty it's pretty straightforward I guess not I guess difficulty isn't what I mean. Maybe it's just like trudging through. Yeah, I do. I do appreciate like trudging through. Um, I like short books. I like that Agatha Christie books are, I you, you know, 180 pages, knock them out in a day or two. Yeah, some um, are longer than others. So I didn't finish and then there were none. What? 
I know. I'm going to. You know what happened was that I was re- I was listening to it. Okay. It was it was I was liking it. It was still like a little bit dry. I used to be like I'm going to finish every book I read and then I It's not worth it. Stop nah. that rule because yeah. who gives a shit? Right. Talk to me about like one of what's your least favorite Agatha Christie book? Well, she's got some really bad ones. Um mm-hmm. she some like I said some of the thrillers are pretty bad. There's one called The Big 4. It's so bad. Like I, I finished it. Um, I remember being kind of embarrassed that I was even reading it. Like it's really? so. It's. She, I don't think she did a good job with like action adventure type stuff mm-hmm. um, when she moved away from that. The other thing, the other like kind of. I guess this is always, this is the case with any author from her time period. But the other like elephant in the room with Agatha Christie is like, you know, she gets a little anti-Semitic and a little racist once in a while in her books. Right. Yeah. Um, and like definitely was like. Uh, a very proud, like, colonialist, like, very into, like, English colonialism. Weird. And the big four is bad, and it involves, like, an international cabal where, uh-huh. like, all of the players are, like, uh, racist stereotypes. <laughs> so <laughs> so don't, read the, don't read the big – I think I only gave it one star on my dossier okay. that, I, that I sent you. Yeah. That one's really bad. Um, she definitely should have stuck to um, – she should have stuck to whodunits. Like, that's – she, she, yeah. nobody was, nobody was better. I definitely went through a phase when I was younger, like a pretentious phase where like, I thought like plot didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, remember that was like a, th- I remember like reading about like, um, like Don DeLillo talking about like plots overrated and, right. um, Robert Altman saying he doesn't care about plot. Right. Um, and I feel like that attitude is the sort of attitude that like diminishes somebody like Agatha Christie mm-hmm. who the reason you read her is plot. You're not yeah. reading her for like the prose. You know how hard it is to write plot? Like, oh my God, right. I, I, I mean, I love Robert Altman and Don DeLillo, but I feel like Robert Altman's being a dick, being, you know, he's been dead for a while, so it's okay. But being like, I just think people are jealous that they can't write plot because I think writing plot is so, it's so hard. Yeah. And like, I think it's really it, hard to do it well is the thing. Yeah. I think that There's Dom DeLillo, Dom, Dom DeLillo. <laughs> I don't ever, I, I haven't read anything by him just because his name's Dom. No, that's, that's my stand-up. Um, I just don't, I'm not interested in reading like cultural studies. I is that what he writes? What does no. he write? He writes fiction? He writes fiction. <laughs> Should I read it? Don DeLillo? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. If you want to read a long, long-ass book, um, Underworld is incredible. Like Okay. No joke, Les. The first forget everything pages. I said about Dom DeLillo. <laughs> Love <first> him. Eight, <laughs> the first eighty pages of Underworld might be my favorite thing that's ever been written. What? Yeah, Bob. So, I yeah. don't. You always come. You you always say these like grand <laughs> statements like that no, that completely it, blow my mind. Read the. I mean, the whole book is good. It like I. It's eight hundred pages and it doesn't have a plot. Like, but are there other whodunit authors that you love? Yes, but like, do you ever I, read you, Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> Sir Boyle <laughs> I've read a bunch of like her contemporaries and like they're sometimes good but they're never as they're never as good and like mm. so if you don't like Agatha Christie and you're hearing that you're like well I'm definitely not going to read you know Dorothy Sayers or Nagio Marsh or like right. the other but like um and I I like modern I, I read some modern like like who um there's like a woman named Louise Penny who writes oh like, yeah I've Very always cozy. wanted to get into her. Yeah, yeah, that's what my friend Elizabeth said. It cozy. Do you ever read like Anthony Horowitz or like? Yeah, yeah. I've read. I read 
both of those. Me too. I like them. Me too. They both have tons of allusion to like Agatha. Right. I think Agatha Christie's grandson's in one of those books. Like, doesn't he show up? Yeah, I think so. It's just, she's so, I don't know if there's anybody more like closely associated with a genre. Was Murder, She Wrote, based on Agatha Christie? No, but it's like, it's, it is, it is Agatha Christie. Yeah, like, like, why didn't her family sue? I don't know. Because she's she's public domain now. (laughs) uh, Like, her first, like, 10 books are. Like, every year. No way, really? Every, because it's like whatever that 100-year thing is. So, like, every year a new Agatha Christie book goes into the public domain. Um, You asked me earlier, like, how I got into her, and I was thinking about that the other day. There was like a uh, Facts of Life episode. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Facts of Life? Doy. Of course Do you I did. you remember in the opening credits, there's that scene where they're all grabbing brooms and like one of them grabs a loaf of bread and yes. they're all like about to stab one another? Yeah. Okay. I remember it with perfect clarity. Okay. That episode is called Seven Little Indians. And the Ooh. original title of, of And Then There Were None was Ten Little Indians. Yes. Right? Mm. And that, that episode is 100%. So like as a little kid... I was so obsessed with that episode of Facts of Life. Like I would I would like wait for it to come on like Aww. as like it, because the idea of like who's the killer? Yeah. Just man, I I obsessed. And then and then like yeah, when like the heart when I started watching horror movies as a teenager, it's like I didn't even know that they were ripping off Agatha Christie. Totally. I didn't know that either, and that's so awesome. I want to I want to watch that episode of Facts of Life, but I also don't want it to spoil anything for <laughs> And Then There Were None, which is such a better title, by the way, not to me- like, even if it was like 10 little Native Americans or like indigenous people, whatever, like, yeah, and then well, There Were None is a sick title. I implore you and your listeners to lot to not look up what the original, original title was. Oh, my God. Beyond Problematic. So what (laughs) I know that you're writing this thing about Agatha Christie, but tell me something that you wish could be a hobby. It's it's such a oh God, such a boring answer. But um, golf. I want to start playing golf more. (laughs) That's great. I love that answer. I watch golf. I play fantasy golf. Vanessa got me a set of golf clubs last year and I've only used them a couple of times. The problem with golf is like it's hard to be like to play by yourself. Right. Because if you go, if you show up, they put you with strangers like Lame. they put you in a, a like a duo or a foursome and I don't have anybody up right. here that like is going to want to play golf with me but I want to develop a hobby that's physical that I can do until I'm like 90. Yes. You know like and I want to start now because I you know I I'm pretty active and I like being active but yeah. I know gradually it's going to happen less and less. Yeah. So I'm looking for a hobby that's like intentionally planning ahead so that when I'm like 70 I can like still go out and like hit some golf balls. Did you play sports in high school? I mean, not not on like real teams, but right. you used to come to my hockey games, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, hockey. yeah. Yeah, I played soccer and hockey like Would a you... lot when I was younger. But I miss playing sports. And so I feel like golf is a good like compromise for like where I'm at age-wise right. to, to start playing. What's Give me one that you know that you'll never get into, but like you kind of wish you could. A like, hobby? Yeah. Yeah, I got to say. I don't know, I'm like pre- magic? I, <laughs> I'm pretty I think I'm pretty content with my I'm pretty content with my hobbies you, you're, another you know, hobby of yours is poker yeah well I like gambling I, you know what I would love to do mm. I love sports gambling 
Mm-hmm. And I think I told you, I'm on like a, I'm on a heater right now. Mm-hmm. I would love to take one football season and move to Las Vegas for four months <laughs> and just see if I could like make it betting on football straight up. As a just living. Like, as a, for, yeah, just for one season for four months, really do my research, mm-hmm. really like everybody that gambles thinks they're good at it. Right. And like, I'm not, I'm not dumb like i know the hot streak that i'm on now is not going to last forever right but i would love to be able to commit four months of only paying attention to betting on football I... <laughs> <laughs> like living out of a hotel <laughs> oh my god i love you so much i love I... you so much thank you I... so much for letting me do this this is the most i've ever talked about agatha christie i it was probably obvious that everything I said you said to you has been like floating around in my head for twenty years. Great, and you get you gave me a platform to to let it all out. I'm so glad I was able to do that. Yeah, I appreciate it. If you liked our show, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend. Filling the Void is a production of the Erios Network. Episodes are produced, engineered, and edited by Alex Paul. Original song by Michael Cassidy. Powered by ACAST. Erios. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.